0: Um, we are during the series talking about small decisions that we can make that have a big impact. And one of those decisions is volunteering. And, uh, I just want to give you this heads up right away. This is not going to be heavy handed. This is not going to be some massive guilt trip. This is just an invitation when the time is right. Might not be now, might be later, uh, to step up and, and consider volunteering, um, When did we start volunteering in life? Uh, Because right now you guys are having a big impact in the world around you. When did you first say, yes, I'm going to volunteer? And what was
1: it for? Yeah. um,
2: Is this on? Yeah. um, uh, Beach. I I grew up by the beach. And so started volunteering a little, you know, cleaning up the beach, cleaning up the wetlands. Um, Everything was about the environment. Um, And then when I... (laughs) got older and I kind of initiated on my own volunteering, I started doing Meals on Wheels. So, it was like grandmas and grandpas who were at home, loved my grandma and grandpa, couldn't imagine them not having food or someone to talk to. And so, um, Leisure World, Seal Beach, became my my
0: jam. <laughs> All right, that's good. And, uh, and that was something that you just, God just put on your heart. Uh, now you'd obviously yep. served when you were younger, cleaning up the beach, so that was with your family. Mm-hmm. So from your home life, you already had that kind of, uh, uh, I suppose an ethic, right, to give back. And uh, so as soon as you saw an opportunity, you, you did that. And how about you, uh, David, how did you start volunteering?
3: Well, my, I grew up in my family with ministry. So my, I grew up with my dad preaching on Sunday and my mom leading worship and my brother doing tech and myself working the overhead lyrics for the transparencies (laughs) back in the day uh, with those. And um, we just built, it was built into our home. It was built into how we do things as a family. And and that's something
0: that's really a common thread with people who volunteer. They typically come from a family that has volunteered. Uh, Some of these kinds of things uh, just trickle up from generation to generation. So for those of you who don't necessarily have, uh, you know, a heritage of volunteering in your home, it's a little harder to be the first generation to say, you know what, part of what we're going to do is we're going to give back because your parents, uh, David, um, they were here last service. They volunteer everywhere. They've sung on the stage. They are uh, group leaders this quarter. They've done a ton. So you have a real heritage of volunteering. Um, Now, uh, Allison, you are uh, now the executive director of Community Mission of Hope, and uh, you started as a volunteer at, at CMOH. So how did that all happen?
2: I did. We moved here about uh, you know 10, 12 years ago, and we were just like, how are we going to get involved in the community? We really wanted to help right here at home, and just my husband and I are having this conversation. What are we going to do? And the Holy Spirit said, pull over. There's a um, there's a produce stand right there. And I'm like, What's going on? So we pull over. There's this produce stand, and um, I got to talk into the gal who was um, running it, and she just said, you know, the the produce uh, the the profits here are going to um, help the homeless in the community, um, and so I said. Where do I sign up? She got the kids going. She got my husband going. um, Looked at me and said, uh, we're running out of food. And I said, what do you mean? She explained to the parking lot ministry that there was 100 to 150 people coming every Thursday and that they had to turn people away. And I said, how can I fill that gap?
0: And, uh, so that's the early days of CMOH when it was just yeah. out here in the parking lot. And so you got involved. And I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, since you got involved, there has not been a shortage of food and nobody's had to we turn We have not had a shortage Good of job. food. The Lord awesome. provides. <laughs> yes. The uh, Lord provided, people. but he, he used you to say, yeah. Hey, listen, this is awesome. not going to happen again. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to be turned okay. away. And, uh, and then uh, we got the warehouse, and a series of them, and then... Uh,
2: <laughs> we did a lot of moving, we that's did a lot for of moving. sure. I was a mover for a
0: while. I know, you did a lot. So you were the warehouse manager. Um, warehouse. We grew to the point where we could get a little staff yeah. together. And uh, then just uh, not too long ago, uh, you were promoted to be the executive director of CMOH. Yeah. And literally days ago, also the executive director of Rancho Damasitas, a village right. for single moms and babies. So. Yep. You've never known what I never know.
2: known that just <laughs> listening to that little holy spirit in my ear and saying yes and pulling over that day yeah. was equipping me for these wonderful organizations that are all volunteer led. Yeah. So what I do is I manage volunteers now. Yeah. And with the six employees we have, um, I checked we had like 400 volunteers come through awesome. Community Mission of Hope last year and we still need
0: Still need more. Always need more. Yeah. In fact, right after last service, talked to a couple. They had just retired, and they said, we, we were just kind of praying about where to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And they just retired a few months ago, and they said, today's the day of reaching out to Allison Woods. Ranch Willis. jacket? <laughs> I got
3: yes, him. that guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. uh, yeah, so that, that's really fun. I mean, yeah. and, and people have already gone to the website and looked at, mm-hmm. at how to volunteer. Uh, rancher.tv slash volunteer. Now, now, David, you've got a, a very interesting, yes. wonderful <laughs> kind of legacy going on because you are a unique volunteer in that you started uh, with children's ministry, yeah. vacation Bible school, then children's ministry, and then to Club 45 for fourth and fifth graders. Just followed them on up. Follow right. them up. So now your kids that you started in children's are helping. That's
3: right. So I actually have, so I started, we, my family jumped in. We, we joined this church. We jumped in with VBS in 2013 wow. and that was the thing that kind of gave me a taste of what it was like to volunteer in this church and with children's and I got hooked and I went to Club 45 and I found some kiddos that I really got along with and those kiddos started to grow up and they moved on to middle school. And In fact, my juniors, some of them in this room right now, back over there in our youth hey, corner, hey, hey guys. <laughs> um, some of those juniors, I've been their leader since fourth grade. That's really cool. And following them up has been a passion of mine because for me, well, I think all of us can, can agree with this, that we need someone in our life that has biblical wisdom that's not our parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need someone to talk to. For me, that's Steve Solomon. And he's someone that I don't trust. I, I trust no one more in this church that can guide me and, and knows me and knows my heart and know where I'm coming from. And he's that person that I talk to when I need that extra voice. Okay. So, and, so he yeah, had an impact
0: that. on your life as, as yeah. a youth pastor. And now you're having an impact on, on these kids and now you're teaching over at Rancho Christian. And, and I, I'm just kind of imagining, you know, what if there was, say, 20 David Matsumotos. 20 bow ties. 20 bow ties <laughs> <laughs> cruising around here. But, you know, let's just kind of play this out. Let's just say 10, 10 young men, 10 young women, they don't have to be young, young at heart, that says, we're gonna walk with uh, kids from the time they're, let's say, elementary school through middle school, then into high school, and partnering really with parents who are that rock-solid foundation, but then we come alongside of them as they get older. They need more people to talk to and run things by. If every single child and young person at Rancho had somebody like David Matsumoto that walks with them, I mean, how cool would that be?
3: Um, it's amazing, because I also yeah. get to see the benefits now, because I had that person who was my leader, and I'm being leaders to them, and so these kids that I've picked up along the way over the years, I get to serve with them at VBS, yeah. and I yep. get to see them pouring back out into the younger kids. Absolutely. And so it's just this cycle. It's,
0: it continues. So this is, this is very cool. This is really what, what volunteering is about. It's not about filling slots. And that's the thing that comes across in any organization. And we're really not just talking about ranch or Church. We're talking about volunteering in any organization. Uh, it's not about filling slots. It's about being used by God to help transform lives and transform the world around us. And, and really, as a result, the entire world is on a trajectory of being kinder and being more aligned with the kingdom of heaven. And, and it all starts with stepping up to volunteer. So thank you both very, very much. It's a great you. pleasure to have you here. Let's uh, thank them for being here. Thank you. All right. So during this Ready or Not series, we're talking about small decisions that can make a big difference. Small decisions that can make a big difference. Uh, Back at the new year, we talked about the decision to truly treasure our time and to use our time wisely. Then we talked about connecting more deeply with God. And and several people have contacted me saying, you know, I've made little tweaks, maybe a little uh, prayer time, uh, some reading of God's word uh, to really deepen my walk with God. Uh, Connecting more deeply with family. And some of you have taken time now to say, you know, we have to have more regular weekly time with us, planning some uh, more vacations, things like that. Last week, we talked about connecting more deeply with church family. As we're starting groups, launching groups, so many hundreds of people have joined groups. And then are you ready to volunteer? This is the uh, decision today. And this will not be heavy-handed. We don't have a volunteer fair outside saying, hey, you can't leave this campus unless you've signed up for some. This is just giving this little gracious Invitation, just be open to this reality that at some point when the time is right, the opportunity will present itself for you to volunteer and really get involved in something bigger than yourself. Uh, Because volunteering truly is this incredible altruistic experience. Very few things in life are purely altruistic, but volunteering is, is simply this. Giving time to serve a greater cause without compulsion or compensation. It's just saying, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. Just for the sake of serving, for the sake of helping, expecting nothing in return. And that's very different. It's very different than work. You know, as Evan said earlier, you put in some work, you get a paycheck. And with that paycheck, you get to do some cool things like eat, right? So there's a a give and a take, right? Even in family life and friendships, you know, you're giving and you're giving time to your family and friends. But part of that is also living in the pleasure of being in a community of friends and and a family that's, you know, hopefully fairly healthy uh, most of the time. And so there's some give and take in all these relationships. Volunteering is something different. It's just saying, I'm here to sacrifice. I'm here to give. I'm here to serve. It's very altruistic, And it's also based on the life of Jesus. I mean, Jesus was a volunteer. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The scripture is very clear that one of the things about Jesus is that he served and he gave and he loved and he sacrificed purely voluntarily. Volunteering is uniquely Christ-like. And there's several scriptures that really detail that and highlight it. One of them is John 10, 18. Here's Jesus and he's explaining his uh, divine nature. So he's essentially saying, I have all the freedoms, rights, and privileges of divinity. Big claim. And then he answers the question, what he's going to do with his privileges and rights and freedoms of his divinity. Listen to what he says. No one can take my life from me. He's divine, right? No one can take anything from him. But I sacrifice it it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want and also to take it up again. Jesus says, as a, a, a divine you know, nature with all of my freedoms and all of my rights, I am choosing to give, I am choosing to serve, even choosing to give his own life. He says, I'm gonna lay my life down voluntarily as a sacrifice because he knows his mission. His mission is to get the goodness and grace and forgiveness of God to everyone. His his mission is to free people from oppressors, every political and religious oppressor. So he's making enemies along the way. And he was so committed to his mission of love and grace and freedom that it cost him his life. And Jesus says, I do that as a volunteer. The apostle Paul, several decades later, is encouraging us to do the same. As we follow Jesus, let's also volunteer to serve. Philippians chapter two talking to us. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. That's a change, right? Thinking of others as better than ourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interests in others too. You must have the same attitude uh, as that of Jesus Christ. And then it defines it a little bit later. What is that attitude and what is this action? He gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position. What did Jesus do with his freedom? He served. What did Jesus do with this freedom? He sacrificed, he gave. And so when we say we follow Jesus, we're following the one who served, who gave, who volunteered. And I I know that sounds kind of heavy handed. I, I don't mean it to be. I'm not saying right now. I'm not saying, but you will find your spot at some point somewhere to serve as a natural sort of outpouring of following Jesus. Beyond following Jesus, we volunteer because we believe in free will. Volunteerism and free will are inextricably linked. And there's actually data and research behind this. People generally will not volunteer if they're fatalistic. You know what fatalism is? Fatalism means that life is predetermined. A lot of religions are fatalistic. A lot of cultures are fatalistic. And as a result, they're not really volunteering. Why? Because you can't change anything. If we believe this cosmos is fatalistic, that things just happen because they happen, that God just has a divine plan and everything just goes in perfect accordance with his divine plan and things cannot be changed, if we don't have a free will, we will not volunteer because things just go according to a predetermined path. So why get involved in anything if I can't change anything? That's why the theology of free will is important when it comes to volunteering. Because if we truly believe in agency, if we believe what God said in in Genesis chapter uh, one and two, where he says, listen, I give you, humankind, dominion over my creation. If we believe that we have delegated dominion over this creation, that means we believe we have real decisions to make and a real impact based on those decisions. We have a free will. So we have the power to make this world better. We have the power to make this world worse. And because we have that delegated power from God, that can motivate us to volunteer. It can motivate us to serve. One of the key passages that just drives Rancho Church is Galatians 5.13. It says this, for you have been called to live in freedom. We are free agents with a free will, right? We're free from religious norms. We're free from religious commands. We're free from religious burdens. We are free agents. We can do whatever we wanna do, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy yourself. This is the invitation. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. You are free. You're free to make whatever choice you want. You're free to make the world around you better or worse. The invitation is to use your freedom to make the world better by serving one another. And that's the the other truth that sort of is married to this free will idea that if we are free agents and we have free will, that means this world can actually get better because we're serving it. This world can actually be better. And, and, and many religious uh, backgrounds, including a major segment of Christianity, believes the world is getting worse. And I just want to, right here and right now, forbid that way of thinking. I forbid it here, I forbid it online, I forbid it in Christendom. No more. We cannot think the world is getting worse. In fact, this theological thread also says this world is getting worse and will end up in fiery judgment. It's like, stop it. What a terrible way to think. It's, it's not a scriptural way to think. Jesus himself had a vision of this world being better. In fact, he had a vision of this world becoming very much like heaven. And yet so many of his followers are just kind of moping around. The world's getting worse. It's never been as bad as it is today. And it's gonna end in, in fire. And we've defined salvation as God plucking us from a burning building and letting the whole thing burn. It's like, no. Jesus came to bring salvation which means he's gonna save the building. He's saving the world. He's making the world more and more like heaven. And yes, it is taking time, I get it. And yes, there are terrible things that happen. And there are some seasons in human history that you just shake your head and, 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 and just, it's the most horrific thing. But it is on an arc. It is on a trajectory to become more and more like heaven. I'm saying that objectively, statistically, the world has never been better than it is right here and right now. And and a lot of that has to do with people who are following Jesus, getting involved in good works, doing good things, impacting people around us, changing the world around us, making this world better. The apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians 1. He says, here's God's plan. Just love it when the Bible's simple. Here's God's plan. In time or over time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. That's the vision. Not only that, everything in heaven and on earth together. This is the vision of Jesus. This is the mission of Jesus to bring everything on earth together in peaceful harmony. Have you read the news lately? We ain't there yet. It's taking time. We're 2,000 years after Jesus. We, I'm sure, have thousands of years to go before this world really starts looking like the kingdom of heaven. But that is the promise. That is the mission. God will bring this world together in love, and he will merge heaven and earth under Christ in love. Now listen, I know there are still incredible political divisions, which sometimes the church, uh, you know, makes it worse. There are incredible racial divisions and socioeconomic divisions there's way too much hate and violence. There's a lot of problems in this world. Don't get discouraged by that, right? The work isn't fully done, but the work needs you and the work needs me. Making this world like heaven is not supposed to be easy. It's difficult. It's taken taking 2,000 years so far and it will take plenty of time going ahead. But let's not lose hope. Let's not lose heart. The first thing Jesus said when he started his public ministry was this. The time has come right now The kingdom of God is near. This was the declaration of the ministry of Jesus. He pops on the scene in an incredibly difficult moment in human history. Here's the Roman Empire absolutely crushing the Hebrew people, crushing them, taxing them into perpetual poverty, crushing them through violence, crushing them through war, crushing them through uh, political and religious oppression. These people were hopeless. These people were helpless, and they're truly wasn't any way in Jesus' lifetime that was gonna get fixed, and it wasn't. All throughout Jesus' lifetime, the crushing oppression was not fixed, but Jesus didn't lose heart. Jesus was saying, listen, I'm here to change hearts and minds. We're gonna change hearts and minds. And over time, that heart change and that mind change of, of, of looking more to selflessness and loving one another, it will eventually change this world to the point where it becomes the kingdom of heaven. It didn't happen in Jesus' lifetime, but he started a whole new movement, an entire new movement where the kingdom of heaven is near and it's near and it's nearer and nearer. The kingdom of heaven is nearer, if this is good grammar, than it ever has been, right? <laughs> More near, nearer, uh, rancho. info rancho.tv, let me know. Uh, but let's not lose heart. Let's keep bringing the kingdom of heaven closer and closer and closer. And that happens when we decide to love, when we decide to serve, when we decide to volunteer, when we decide to be selfless. The apostle Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians three, nine, he says, there's different kinds of people doing different kinds of things, but we are God's fellow workers. We're God's fellow workers. We're partnering together with God. So keep in mind, we talked about this idea of free will. God gave us free agency to do what we want to with our lives. We can choose good, we can choose bad, we can choose to partner with him or not, right? We're free agents. And God is saying to us, listen, let's partner together to bring the kingdom of heaven. Let's work together. I mean, isn't that kind of a cool concept that we can partner with God? Jesus says, you're not my slaves. He made that real clear in John chapter 15. We're not just subservient, fearful slaves. We are bold, strong, gifted partners with God to move forward the mission of Jesus, to bring the kingdom of heaven here, right here, right now, to create a whole new world, a world where love is the only law, a world where we're looking out for people who are lost and lonely and befriending them. We're looking out to people who are poor or sick or special needs and we're saying we're loving you and we're gonna bring you not just to the table but a seat of influence at the table and a seat of power at the table. We're gonna look to to treat each other equally with equal respect and equal dignity and equal opportunity. This is the world that Jesus envisioned. He gave his life for that vision. And then he looks to us and says, hey, you want a partner in that vision? And when we say yes and we volunteer and we step up, amazing things happen. So what happens when we volunteer? Well, we make a real difference in the lives of other people. When we volunteer, we make a real difference in the lives of other people. When I was 13 years old, I I said a reluctant yes to my first volunteer opportunity. It was here at Rancho Church, I was in middle school, and uh, the youth pastor said, hey, great idea, great plan. We are going to Mexico, and we are going to feed and bathe children who live in the Tijuana dump. And I said, Nope, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Right. Little kids, scrawny kid. I mean, I just, I, there's no way I'm doing anything like that. And then of course, kind of the pressure of youth group, right? Oh, come on. You can do it. And your friends start signing up and then your youth pastor looks at you and why haven't you signed up yet? You know, the standard youth group stuff in the eighties. And so uh, I end up going scared out of my mind, pull up to the Tijuana dump, And all these kids and families start running in. And I was responsible first for passing out oranges. And then we just kind of rotate. And then I did bath duty for the kids. And I mean, it was just an experience. And I'm telling you, one I will never forget. But it started something. For the very first time, started something in my life that if I said yes to some opportunities to serve, that you can make a, a real difference in the lives around you. And so when I I was a little bit older, maybe 15, 16, I started volunteering in the middle school program. Then when I was 17 years old, um, the leadership of this church made a terrible mistake and said, would you lead our middle school program? I was a minor back when child labor, I think, was legal and irresponsibly supervising kids was cool. And so I got in there and started with junior high and just absolutely loved it. Started with a group of about a dozen kids over one summer. Uh, Just about two years ago, I was at a class reunion and most of them were at that class reunion. I hadn't seen them in decades. And these faces looked familiar. It's like, oh yeah, you were my youth pastor in middle school. And we started talking about, you know, the day, the capital D day and and all the fun that they had. That was my first youth group and turned uh, into a lot of fun stuff after that. And that's why I'm here today. Um, It's why Allison is here and why David is here. And the, the end goal is not vocational ministry. The end goal is loving making a difference in people's lives. We're not gonna do it perfectly. Maybe the first time we volunteer, it's not gonna be the right fit. Okay, well, we try it again. Maybe we try something, make a mistake. You know, we are not called to be perfect, right? But getting in the game of influencing lives around us can be very addicting, can be very fun, very uh, profound. And as we make a difference in the lives around us, what happens over time is collectively, we make the world a better place we make the world a better place. Now it's very rare that one person changes the world. There's a handful of people who have changed the world single-handedly. But when we collectively start volunteering and we start serving, the entire world begins to change. Just little by little, the entire world begins to change. And we had a part to play in that. I like this cliche, leave the world a little better than you found it. Have you heard that before? Leave the world a little better than you found it. I love that phrase, right? I'm not a big fan of cliches, but this one I like. Leave the world a little little better than you found it. And you can start in your own family. You know, you have a lineage of your family life, right? Coming from generation upon generation. How can this generation, starting with me, be a little better than the previous generations in my lineage, right? I'm gonna leave my family a little better than I found it. I'm gonna leave my community a little better than I found it. I'm going to leave my church a little better than I found it. And I got to say this, and I'm saying this with all confidence, not as an overstatement, because of the countless volunteers here at Rancho, the Christian witness in this entire region is more gracious and welcoming than it was. That's because this group of people, beautiful people, have chosen to volunteer from children's to youth and rescue mission and farm Imani, Kenya, Plus One, Palawano in the Philippines, countless dozens of ministries that this church has gotten involved in has made this entire region more gracious and more welcoming. Because of the volunteers at this church, we've made this community more generous and humanitarian than it was. Because of the volunteers here at Rancho, there's a rescue mission now and a farm now and housing for single moms now. There's a medical mission serving the Palo Alto people now where before this church and these volunteers started that mission, half of those kids died before the age of five. That is no longer true. Because of this church, there's a school for orphans in Kenya that we got to help start. There's a special needs community in the region. And I'm talking about our special needs ministry it doesn't just impact Temecula or Temecula Marietta, it impacts all of Southern California into Arizona and into Central California. We are so open and so welcoming with our camps and our special needs prom. There's a grace-based K through 12 Christian school now that's open to all, not just those who have all the money. There's an incredible work of grace going on through Rancho Church. And I could not be more proud. And as I think of the road ahead and thinking of, okay, here's our legacy, now what's next? What's the next organization we can start? What's the next need we can tackle? we've got an army of diverse volunteers who are one by one saying, yeah, I'll step up. Let's go. Let's do it. It's an exciting thing. And here's the cool part. Not everybody gets into volunteering because of the, you know, sort of pure altruistic motivation, and that's okay. Some people get into volunteering, like I did, because you're pressured by your buddies, right? (laughs) And that is perfectly fine. Uh, I went down to Mexico for the first time because of Group of buddies pressured me and I felt like I had no choice and I just went down there. And as a result, I have been to so many wonderful places doing so many wonderful things, learning from so many wonderful people. It's been a great journey because of that very first yes. And sometimes that first yes comes because your you know, crew, your posse says, hey, let's do something together. And that's okay. Ephesians 4 basically says that's okay. It's the job description of church. And when I think of Rancho Church, I think of Ephesians 4. And my prayer just about every single day for this church is that we would become an Ephesians 4 church. Listen to what it says. Church, prepare God's people to what? To serve. Does it say prepare God's people to sing? No, I don't mind singing. I do it all three services, love it. Does it say prepare God's people to hear awesome uh, sermons? (laughs) No, it doesn't. Prepare God's people to serve. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We only become mature, not through more songs and not through more sermons, but through more service. And this is where, you know, forgive the 15 second rant, but I I mean, if I hear one more time, I need more meat from the sermon so I can grow in my faith. It's like, you're not growing in your faith by sermons, And by knowledge, what is Paul saying in Corinthians? Knowledge just puffs up. You just wanna be puffed up. You wanna have more knowledge, you can say you have more knowledge. Real maturity, real Christ-like maturity doesn't come through. One more sermon parsing Greek words, it comes by service, serving one another, serving our community, serving the least and the last and the lost. That's where maturity comes from. Towards what goal? And I love this. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the vision I've got for Rancho Church. This is my prayer for Rancho Church in Ephesians 4 Church, that together we would be the full measure of Christ by how we serve one another. No one of us can be the full measure of Christ. None of us are perfect. We all have our part to play, but together this church can be the full ministry of Jesus in this valley and wherever we get to serve all over the world. We can be the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the ears of Jesus. We can be the good works of Jesus. Together, motivated by grace, understanding we're free to do good and free to do bad. We are gonna be free, and we are gonna do good in this world, and together we're gonna be the full measure of Jesus. Listen, Jesus isn't known through sermons. Jesus isn't fully known through the Bible. Love sermons, Love the Bible. Jesus isn't fully known through music, through songs. Love worship music, no problem with that. According to Ephesians four, Jesus is fully known when together as the family of faith, we get busy. We do the works of Christ. This world doesn't need another sermon. They don't need more lectures. They don't need more finger wagging. They need the church and local churches to be Jesus in how we serve one another and how we serve this world. So, where should I volunteer? Where should you volunteer? We're gonna close with a little, give me four minutes. We're gonna close with a four minute exercise here. It's called GPS GPS, Gifts, Passions, Skills. And just take in your mind, walk this journey with me. What are your gifts? What are your passions? What are your skills? And if you do that little exercise in your head, I can pretty well guarantee that for most of us, where we volunteer is just gonna be staring us right in the face. What are your gifts? Gifts are God-given qualities that carry out a part of the ministry of Jesus. So Jesus has the the perfect of all the gifts um, available to humanity. Jesus is the perfect, capital P. We're not perfect, but each of us has a little, you know, part of the character and ministry of Jesus in us in, in a way that we're uniquely wired for. So what are your gifts? What is the area of the ministry of Jesus that you're kind of drawn to or bent towards, right? Could be mercy. Are you merciful? That's your gift. Some people have more than one. Do you have great faith? You just believe. Are you generous? Are you a leader? Do you teach? Are you, do you like serving other people? Are you good with administration? Do you naturally just talk about your faith? Do you discern kind of right from wrong fairly easily? you like to come alongside people who are sick? you like to help people in need? Do you speak multiple languages? Are you a person of wisdom, problem solving? Do you uniquely care for people around you? Are you good at cross-cultural relationships? Do you like starting new things? Are you good with hospitality, making people feel welcome? This is a short list of the list of gifts that are in the New Testament. God has wired you to have a little bit of peace of the body of Christ in terms of who you are as a person and your character and the things you're drawn toward. What are your gifts? You've got at least one, probably more than one. How about your passion? Passion is a powerful emotion, feeling, or burden that compels one toward action. What is your heart drawn to? Are you drawn to helping children? or youth? Are you drawn to at-risk youth, people who are addicted to drugs, people who struggle with mental illness? Are you drawn to the special needs community, those who are homeless, single moms, foster and adoption uh, kids, racial injustice, human trafficking, third world issues of poverty, clean water, disease, food sustainability, migrant issues, refugee issues, those who are oppressed minorities globally, where is your heart passionately drawn to? What breaks your heart in this world? Well, you, you look at some, a news report and your heart just breaks for these people who are struggling. That's where your passion is. Or what do you envision for the future? There's something that needs to be done and, and you've got this yearning to do that. That's your passion. What are your gifts? What are your passions? And finally, your skills. And you know your skills things you're particularly good at. You're an expert, right? Maybe you've got people skills, business skills, organizational skills, music skills. You work with your hands in the trades. Those are unique skills. Artistic skills, computer skills, speaking skills, nunchuck skills. You've got skills. You've got them. You're uniquely wired to have gifts that are very much like the gifting of Jesus. You have passions where God's tugging at your heart. And you've got unique skills. If you put in 60 seconds worth of work, maybe over lunch, around your family table, GPS, GPS, gifts, passion, skills, you jot them down, something probably will be loud and clear. And you might say to yourself, you know what? When the time is right, that's probably it. That's where I'm gonna volunteer. And for some of you, maybe that time is today. No one on earth volunteers more than American Christians. No one on earth, statistically, volunteers more than American Christians. 26% of American Christians volunteered. 26%, one in four. No one on earth touches that level of volunteerism. You know what that means to to me? (laughs) There's still 75% of us that are waiting for the opportunity to make an influence in people's lives, to make the world a little better, a little better than we found it, and to experience the absolute pleasure of working alongside groups of friends and doing something good in the world around you. Maybe this can be a time, maybe you're ready to make that decision now. If not, when the time is right, no pressure, let's pray. God, we honor you and thank you for this journey through the life and ministry of Jesus and to see how he, as the scripture says, voluntarily serves, voluntarily gives even voluntarily uh, served to the point of sacrificing his own life. And and then we see in your scripture that that we have this great invitation to be Christ-like in our attitude, to be selfless, to be Christ-like in our service, uh, to give just a little bit of time, a little bit of treasure to do something good, to move forward the mission of Jesus, to bring this world together in love and to bring this world together in grace and to make this world a little more like heaven. Uh, God, for those of us who, who do volunteer, thank you for the blessing of, of volunteering. Thank you for the blessing of serving and giving back. For those who have yet to volunteer, God, when the time is right by your prompting, uh, I pray that they would um, be matched with just the right opportunity uh, to, to do something good, to change the world around us and to make this world a little more like heaven.
1: In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Alex, yes, what's what going on? Yes, what an awesome time to talk about volunteers. You know, um, I was thinking I have the story. My brother-in-law, um, he goes to our church mm-hmm. and he's just a normal dude. Uh-huh. You know, he has, a, he has kids, jobs, the whole thing and we had Community Mission of Hope out and he's just decided to say yes to that That's and now cool. every Thursday he loads up his truck <laughs> with groceries from one of the grocery places around and drives them all the way back to Community That's Mission awesome. of Hope and so, and it just gives him a sense of like he's doing something yeah. that makes a big difference. Absolutely. So does. just encourage you guys, go to rancho.tv slash volunteer, fill out that form. There's a bunch of different things you can check and you can check one that says, I have no idea yeah. and we'll help you. Uh, it's already been fun this morning to, to watch those things roll in yeah, sure. uh, via email. So do that. Uh, we've got a couple things going on outside today. Baptisms.
0: Yep. So first Sunday of the month is baptism. The uh, heated baptismal pool is over there. So if you've never expressed your faith and trust through the baptism water, it's a beautiful symbol that we are cleansed by the free uh, goodness and grace of God through Jesus Christ and raised to a new life. That's out there every first Sunday. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's cool. You'll remember that day for the rest Absolutely. of your life. Um, also, we've got outside, if you'd like to sign up to be a buddy, for our prom or if you'd like to go visit those kids and uh just tell them that you're coming to the show go out there and they're awesome man yeah. they're gonna have you're gonna have a good time if you go to that show absolutely thank you so much god yep. bless you we we'll look forward to seeing for you next quarter week. in the back see you next sunday that's right